0: Big Ten Media Days are next week. It'll be a whole lot of our teams working so hard and we've gotten so much better. But will anyone actually talk about the stuff we want them to talk about? We've got a guy who will be there on the inside. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're tuned into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Thank you for listening or watching on YouTube if you're watching and making us your first listen every single weekday. Today's show is brought to you in part by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. More on LinkedIn in just a little bit. Our co-host today, Jacob Root. With Locked On Hoosiers, he is going to be there at Indianapolis next week for Big Ten Media Days. So I thought it'd be a perfect chance to try and pick his brain as he gets ready to head on over there to see what he wants to learn over the course of the next week. Of course, a lot of Indiana stuff, I'm sure, going into those thoughts, Jacob. But a lot around the Big Ten just in general still to talk about. And for a lot of these guys, this will be the first big stage they have outside of the local viewpoint to really get those thoughts heard. Uh, what are you most interested in hearing from in this next few days of Big Ten Media Days next week?
1: Well, I, I think the obvious thing that almost goes without saying is just expansion talk, basically. Um, that's going to be the driving conversation for a lot of stuff at Big Ten Media Day. They're going to ask the Kevin Warren about it. They're going to ask every coach about it. They're going to ask everybody there about it. Um, So that's going to be the big thing I think everybody's going to be interested on. Do I expect them to really say anything of no, probably not, but uh, it's still one of those things. It's still just with the UCLA, USC stuff being so recent uh, it's at the top of everybody's mind. It's going to be next week. So I mean, it's kind of the cop out answer, but I think that's what everybody's going to be asking about um, is just more details on this decision, how it came about, because there hasn't, they, as you kind of said, nobody's really talked publicly about it since it happened. So especially when it comes to kind of the big wigs, um, I, I know that's going to be the biggest talking point.
0: Do you expect or I guess who are the top candidates to give us some sort of quote on this because we'll talk about it later SEC and ACC are having their media days right now people are saying things, but you're right there's no reason for anyone in the Big Ten to give us anything all too juicy on what's going on right now partly because it's still happening and hasn't happened yet and it doesn't affect them all that much yet. But, but I, I mean, I'm thinking like Jim Harbaugh is going to have to say something good. PJ Flex always a good candidate to give you a sound bite. Maybe Kirk Ferentz gives us some sort of old school take that we weren't expecting out of Iowa. I, I don't know. But who are the, I guess, voices that you're most interested in hearing from when it comes to this specifically, the topic that, again, it doesn't seem like there's any need to go too deep on, even when you're going to be asked about it.
1: Yeah, I mean... we're going to want to hear from Harbaugh and Ryan day just because those are the, the big guys. And I mean, for uh, Michigan and Ohio state are kind of at the front of why people want to join the big 10. Like when, when you're talking USC and UCLA, it's those potential matchups with Ohio state and Michigan. So just getting their comments on the matter are always going to be interesting. Um, I think Harbaugh could could have uh, some interesting comments. Don't really expect anybody to, to go too off the rails. Um, James Franklin, Mel Tucker, those guys, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they really have anything to say because they're kind of in that that kind of second tier of the top programs in the conference. So um, it really, I, I always think these media days are always just so kind of, vanilla that i i don't really have any big expectations with anybody saying anything big maybe some new faces will come in and, and say something wild or something along those lines but i don't expect a ton to uh to be said but everybody's always looking forward to kind of the prominent names the big names you mentioned Ference, greg Schiano, might or maybe fleck i mean a lot of the familiar names everybody's going to be looking toward it to get their thoughts so um, Ryan Day and Harbaugh would be the two biggest ones for me, though.
0: One thing I do want to hear from, and I think a question that maybe could be answered or at least hinted at by these coaches, if they do give anything, is how exactly do we want these things aligned? We had the conversation about pods before. Yeah. Is that the way to go? Are our divisions still going to be here at least for a little bit longer? That's one topic I feel like we could actually hear some opinions from coaches on because it's something that one is harmless. Nobody cares if if you're talking about how the divisions are going to line up and two coaches are going to want that kind of an advantage, right? So like if they're talking about like what they want, you you hear, I guess Dabo Sweeney's been like the the go-to guy for this kind of preaching his in his own best interest thing. But if you're trying to get things to work a certain way, this is the first, I guess, step to maybe, Getting that to happen, if you believe that coaches can really swing things that way by just talking to the media, you have big names here who have a chance to get at least that opinion out. And I'd be interested to see like if somebody asks, okay, sixteen teams, how do you want it to be split up? I'd be very interested to hear what those coaches have to say about that because I don't know if the four pods is what they want most. I don't know if this three five five schedule is what's going to end up working the best. I don't know. People still like divisions for some reason or another, but, but whatever it is, I'm very interested to hear. Again, from the top guys, of course, Harbaugh, Day, all those people, what exactly it is they want to do when these teams get to this conference. Because right now, it's still a big conversation about more teams potentially joining, what's going to happen next, is Notre Dame going to make that jump? But it still has to be sorted out once they actually get here, and that's something that I think – is at least harmless enough that people are going to be able to speak on it right now.
1: And that's something that I'm almost more interested to hear and not the big guys, because Mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to, this is very specific to IU, but the coaches at the bottom of the big 10 East, your Mike Locksley's at Maryland, your Greg Shianos at Rutgers, Tom Allen, who have been just beaten up for years and years in the big 10 East. They've always been pretty outspoken about wanting change and, Having different ideas of how they're going to do it. Tom Allen spoke earlier in the summer about that 355 schedule and uh, how that was what he preferred and he wanted to do away with division. Coaches are are typically more outspoken about it, um, depending on kind of their personal experience with it so i I would imagine a lot of those smaller coaches the the three i just mentioned are probably going to be pretty outspoken on changing things up they don't want the big 10 east to stay as is so that that was something that i was going to be certain to to at least get comments from tom allen on and hope for comments from others on because um I, i do think these coaches have differing opinions on what um they prefer i'm sure the the coaches in the the Big Ten West want things to stake, something like status quo, because the Big Ten West has been uh, the easier the two divisions. Obviously, that's going to change. You can't have a Big Ten West and not have USC and UCLA now. But just getting their thoughts on that is something that it, I one of the things I'm most looking forward to. It, it slipped my mind when you asked that earlier, because uh, something has to change like there has to be. I almost don't even know an argument against pods because it, it simplifies things so much, but just getting everyone's thoughts on it and getting a sense of maybe what the consensus is among these guys, because I, I think that matters when uh, when taking things into account, if, you know, 12 or 14 of the coaches have a similar thought, then I would imagine they're going to be leading that way as a conference as a whole.
0: Just before we move on, what do you think would be the consensus among those smaller schools? Because the more I've thought about it, I don't see a way that at least a couple of these teams don't just get left in the dust in the way that, well, quite frankly, those teams in the bottom of the Big Ten East have been over the past however many years. Of course, part of that's just being better at football, but not really all of it is. And I, I don't see a way that, again, a Rutgers, Maryland, Northwestern, those kind of teams Find a structure that allows them an easier path of crawling out of that hole?
1: I think it would differ by team. Uh, I mean, Tom Allen was very much in favor of the 355 having a couple set in stone matches every year and rotating everyone else. Um, maybe Tom Allen and some of those guys are in favor of kind of the geographical ones, and, and because it's a lot easier. IU playing Illinois and Northwestern and Purdue every year is a lot better than playing Ohio state, Michigan, state, Michigan, so on and so forth. Um, I, I think it'll, it'll vary. I don't know that there will be necessarily a consensus. I, I'm really interested to see what everybody says. Cause I do think there are a lot of different answers you could give on this. Maybe there's a version of a three, five, five with, with two more teams now that, that coaches might like as well or something, but, um, and, and these coaches might not even know yet what they want because this is all happening so fast and they're in the middle of offseason planning and things like that. So maybe they haven't given a ton of thought to it, but I, I'm, I'm really, I'm not sure. I would think that coaches would want pods because that's kind of a version of this three, five, five, where you're playing people, the the same people over and over and kind of rotating through the rest, but I, I, I don't think like college football coaches for sure, so I'm not sure what they might want in the long run.
0: Again, it's not going to be a lot said, I don't think, as far as substance goes on that front during Big Ten media days. As far as the players go, it's always nice to hear about how hard everyone's going to try this season. But as far as something I think we could actually learn, that may be one of those things, is where coaches are leaning as far as the actual structure of the conference, once we sort out who's going to be in the conference in a few years. That's, I think, the one thing that maybe we might be able to get some actual stuff to talk about on. But again, we'll see. Big Ten has not been lacking surprises this offseason. So who knows? Maybe something big will come out of those few days in Indianapolis. And of course, Jacob will be there to tell us all about it if it does. Before we move on to some conversations about what some other conferences are saying in their media days, Jacob, LinkedIn Jobs. It's the place to go for pretty much uh, any job. You have a LinkedIn, yeah?
1: Yeah, I, I always forget to check it, but I do have one. Of
0: course, everybody has one. Everybody is on there. If you're looking to get candidates for a job, you need to go to the biggest network out there, and LinkedIn has it, 810 million people that you can reach if you list your job out there at LinkedIn Jobs. It helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn and you can be one of them. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And of course, we thank LinkedIn as always for helping us bring you the show today. All right, Jacob, let's talk a little bit more about some conferences that have already had their media days underway or done. ACC this week, SEC this week. I want to start over on the Atlantic coast because that's one of the conferences to watch here as we try to figure out what's going on with realignment. Everyone goes to the podium here. We hear from Dabo Sweeney who said his Dabo Sweeney things. I think he made a comment about like more sending more money to the football program or having more dedicated money for football to try and keep up with the big 10 and sec. But the point is, is that they're trying to keep up. That was one of the sentiments made is that there needs to be something done here to try and make that move. I just don't know what that move is. And nobody in the ACC seemed to, of course, have any specifics either. But I guess the question then rises as the questions asked at ACC Media Days. Is there anything that conference can do to try and keep up with the SEC and Big Ten? We've talked about mergers. We've talked about going in with another conference. But as far as like the ACC keeping itself afloat, I don't know if there's schools that it can add in to try and bring that kind of weight to the conference that the Big Ten and SEC did.
1: Yeah, I I don't think there is either because just kind of how things are geographically they're they're in SEC country and there aren't really any schools that are leaving the SEC to join the ACC so it would have to be a pretty wild um, expansion that I, I just don't see there being anything in that regard that would save them I, the overall sense I kind of got from uh, reading the quotes from ACC media day was just. I don't want to say desperation necessarily. That seems like a step too far, but something along those lines, like they're, they see what AC or the big 10 and the sec are doing. And they don't, they can't make a counter move to that. They, they don't have anything they can do. So um, they're sitting there watching. And as you said, Dabo Sweeney is talking about, we need to route money to football and th- that money doesn't exist. So like, it's hard to route money that doesn't exist there. So, it it's it was a lot of uh, people searching for answers that I don't know exist, and it's kind of a grim outlook right now for the ACC because um, it seems uh, as much as anything uh, almost inevitable unless there's some big thing coming in to to save the day that. Um, their future doesn't look great right now and there doesn't really seem to be that obvious answer to fix things
0: i think that and it's weird saying it because so much of what's happening has nothing to do with what happens on the football field but yeah. i think the acc just picked a really really bad time to go sour on the football field just as a <laughs> conference i mean yeah. Clemson's still there, but was off last year. But you're talking about, I was reading in one of the articles on the media days today, uh, Miami has fallen off over the past however many years. Virginia Tech not too long ago was a consistently ranked team. They've fallen off. Florida State, national contender, BCS championship game. No, 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 they were in the first college football playoff that was with Jameis Winston in not too many years ago. All those teams just not only falling off. I mean, forget about Clemson. Those three other teams just completely falling off the radar. So when you talk about a cure for this conference, it it sounds silly to say, given how much the money is what's really changing things here. But just getting better at football quick may be the biggest solution. And there are signs of it. Florida State's been able to recruit despite the fact that Jimbo Fisher and all his recruiting talents went elsewhere. Clemson's still good. And had an off year, I believe they'll be bouncing back, if not to the national stage, at least to a point where they're competitive in the ACC, I believe, next season. Miami's spending money. So maybe things can turn around somewhat quickly here, but I feel like you just kind of missed the ship as far as being able to jump onto all of this TV money, being able to convince other schools that you're a premier conference. If this was 10 years ago, maybe we're talking about the ACC being one of these teams that can bring in teams instead of take them away. Again, it's still SEC country, as you mentioned, but if you had a Clemson and a Florida state still doing battle, and then you throw in Miami throwing out all this money and anybody else really too, then you have yourself a formidable, at least kind of like the big 10 has one half of a conference, one division of a conference there to try and put together. But as it stands right now, you've got Clemson, and Clemson, again, wavered this season, too, so as weird as it seems to say it, I feel like what really plagued the ACC was what happened on the football field over the past however many years, not what happened with their god-awful TV deal and everything else that's going on, although certainly that's not helping. When you're talking about the conference itself, I feel like what's holding it back most, and as I say, the TV deal isn't great, but the f- football, the actual football, uh, I feel like is a big part of the reason why the ACC was never taken seriously when we talked about conferences that could be taking in teams.
1: Yeah. And you wouldn't even have to go back necessarily 10 years ago. You, you could go back right. five, six years ago when when Louisville was up there as well, when, when Florida State, you said, was in the college football playoff. And um, it's just been... I mean, kind of relatively speaking, a pretty drastic downward spiral that they've went on as a uh, conference to, as you said, at a really bad time when we're talking about expansion and, and super conferences and things like that, and um, the, the ACC is just left out in the in the in the storm basically because. Uh, for all those kind of Marietta reasons piling up, it kind of avalanched on them. And, um, you have a bad TV deal. You start to go sour really quickly on the football field. And, uh, you have, I mean, traditionally great programs that are taking pretty big step back with, with your Miamis and your Florida States and things like that. Uh, you add it all up and, and they're kind of lost in the storm, like I said. And, um, I mean, that's probably the best way for them to get out of it as you, that's the best answer more than anything is to just get better, basically, which seems silly to say, but like, if you, if they get better and return to form for a lot of these programs, I mean, you have the makings there ACC used to be a terrific conference for football. It's there, but it's been a long time since it happened. And ultimately, it might be too little too late at this point. I don't know. It would have to happen right now, this return to form for them to really save themselves. And even then, I don't know if they could.
0: The Big Ten got some luck with timing here with the TV deal going away when all this happened. The ACC, I think, maybe got the worst of it as far as luck goes, just with how this conference has been performing. And of course, that TV deal they made uh, however many years ago when they had no idea what what TV deals were going to become, but maybe should have at least a a little bit more than they did. But anyway, that's a conversation about TV rights with the ACC. That's a whole other mess. Big Ten has its own TV rights to worry about still. Um, SEC was asked, of course, about Big Ten expansion too. The test of it really was just, we're not worried about it. Yeah, why be worried about it? And I can't say I disagree. SEC is going to be the SEC no matter what.
1: It was funny, kind of comparing the quotes from the two because the the ACC you're you're talking about, we don't know what to do. This is all bad. And the SEC is just like, yeah, we're calm. This is fine. We made our move, and the Big Ten responded, and we're not going to make any reaction to it. And I I mean, I wouldn't expect them to right now. the The reaction or any moves like that are going to come during the summer, but it think that they said something along the lines is there's no panic in them right now. And you kind of look at the ACC and panic might be a word I would use to describe uh, some of their issues right now. So comparing the two was pretty funny, but yeah, the SEC is, I mean, that's exactly how they should be right now. They're in a a position of power. um, Maybe not the most powerful, but they're still in a position of great power and um, they made their move. And they're they should be, uh, I guess, excited about what's to come for their conference, which is more than you can say for pretty much every other conference right now. Uh, outside the Big Ten, everyone else has all kinds of issues that they're facing, uh, while the SEC and the Big Ten are able to kind of head into these with a, a lot more certainty and and comfort. So that's that was what I took away from their quotes was just kind of this calmness and this. Um, confidence that they seem to have in in where they are as a conference right now
0: yeah they called themselves i think it was a super conference in the quotes from today i mean i feel like ourselves included myself included have been trying to kind of push this narrative of can the big 10 pass the sec that's just not how it's going to work at the very most it'll be sharing the throne atop the hill and it's never going to be sec number two big 10 number one maybe 1a 1b at some point but As far as just the way things are structured right now, the SEC is never, ever going to be off the top of that hill. They have no reason to worry. Of course, they're paying attention and are going to want when their media rights deal comes up, the Big Ten deal, if not better. But it's not something for them to worry about right now. And as far as expansion goes, I think the SEC is still pretty confident that they get their first pick of schools, even over the Big Ten and I wouldn't disagree. So it's, again, a whole lot of speculative talk that we're talking about right now. That's a lot of what these Big Ten media days are normally about anyway, but it doesn't always have as much to do with the stuff going on outside of the actual football. That's what could make this week a little bit more interesting over in Indianapolis. And again, Jacob will be there with Locked On Hoosiers, and we'll see if you can get some time to talk to us about it here on locked on big 10 before the week's done next week too. Jacob, next time we talk to you, hopefully be in Indianapolis or if not just still where you are too, you're over (laughs) in that area, but it'll be fun talking to you, no matter what Here as we get you back on the show next week. Uh, Remind people what's going on with locked on Hoosiers if they want to head over.
1: Yeah, we're getting caught up on all the news. I took a vacation caught COVID during it. Wouldn't recommend that (laughs) on the to-do list for vacation, but, uh, We're getting caught up on all the football news, uh, the uh, basketball recruiting news, and things like that. So, um, doing a lot of catch up this week. But if you guys have missed any IU news, it's a perfect time to uh, jump back in.
0: Locked on Hoosiers every day of the week during the season, at least three times a week during the offseason. We've got some new Big Ten shows starting up here, too. As always, subscribe to your favorite Big Ten Teams podcast. The second you're done listening here to Locked On Big Ten. We'll have it for you. I think it's what we got. Hawkeye starting back up. I think Nebraska's got a show starting up too. There was a third one as well. But the point is, we're growing. Penn State, yes, new Penn State host. You're right. We're growing, and in some cases, getting shows back up that have been down for a little bit. And we're going to talk to those people here on the show, of course, as well, very soon. But. Again, if you're a fan of one of those three schools, Iowa, Penn State, Nebraska, head over and subscribe to the podcasts with either new hosts or entirely new shows wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Thanks again, Jacob, as always, for coming on. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Looking forward to it. I'll
0: be back to wrap things up here in just a minute on Locked On Big Tech. Before we finish up the show today, a reminder, Bet Online is the place to go for all of your online sports betting needs. Uh, I know you've been feeling that gap of no sports with baseball and the all-star break. So as things get started back up, I'm sure you're going to want to get your money on the right side of things as always. And if you need the information to make sure you're making the smart pick, you can head on over to Bet Online. They've got everything that you could need for all of your sports gambling needs, whether it be information on individual games and lines or just stuff to get yourself more knowledgeable if you're not as familiar with some certain aspects of betting. Not too uncommon during the baseball season, I know. You can get it all over there at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's finish things up here. Thank you, as always, to Jacob Rood for joining the program today. Before we go, though... A quick shout out to all the players drafted into the MLB last week. Again, it's been a lot of stuff going on in the Big Ten. We've getting a little bit behind with all the expansion talk, but we got to give credit where credit's due to a whole bunch of Big Ten players drafted over the course of the last week. Let's start at the very top. First Big Ten player taken Adam Azor out of Iowa in the second round to the Padres, I'll go through these a little bit more quickly just because again there's a lot of them Clark Elliott a third round pick or compensatory pick I don't know exactly how it works with what actual round that is 69th overall to the Oakland A's out of Michigan Penn State's Matthew Wood to the Milwaukee Brewers in the fourth round Indiana's Jack Perkins in the fifth round to the A's Ohio State's TJ Brock in the sixth to the Blue Jays. J.P. Massey of Minnesota in the seventh to the Pirates. Peyton Williams out of Iowa in the seventh to the Blue Jays. Cameron Weston in the eighth to the Orioles. Dave Stanovich out of Rutgers in the eighth to the Marlins. Joe Stewart in the ninth round out of Michigan to the Angels. Dylan Nedved out of Iowa in the ninth round to the Padres. Jackson Smeltz in the tenth round to the Padres. Brian Fitzpatrick in the tenth round to, or out of Rutgers to Milwaukee. And a whole bunch more, too, that I, I'm. Quite honestly, not going to go through all of them because I did not think that list was as long as it even got to by the time I was saying it there. But again, a whole lot of Big Ten players taken throughout the MLB draft. Not, of course, unlikely to see a whole lot of players go. How many actually take those, sign the contracts? We'll, of course, have more news as the biggest names end up going through. Until tomorrow, though, here on Locked On Big Ten, I'm Nate Dickinson. We'll be back with more on what you need to know from around the conference here as we get Matt Sheehan in to talk Big Ten with us tomorrow on the show.